Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. Today we pull back the curtain on the situation in Crimea, that troubled peninsula on the northern coast of the Black Sea. But as you'll soon discover, it's not the first time this region has been newsworthy. Here to serve as our guide is Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine. Lincoln, what do we need to know about what's happening and has happened on the Crimean Peninsula? Well, there's there's many levels we can get at that, and I want to end up and emphasize religious element that people probably not even crossed their mind of late. But looking back at the Crimean War, Mm -hmm. there was a major international war fought on the Crimean Peninsula between the the major powers, and it was a big war fought between 1853 and 1856. It was nearly as long as the uh, Second World War. Massive loss of life. In fact, it was before modern medicine, and uh, really gave rise to uh, Florence Nightingale and the Red Cross and all of those sorts of things. So it, it, was, it shook the modern world. And it's worth remembering, and I've not heard it mentioned in the last few days with all of the furor about, uh, the, in essence, the civil war there in Ukraine. And then the uh, – I'm trying to think how to characterize it. it. It's not certain, but it appears that, that Russia is occupying the Crimea with its troops, certainly indicating that it will if uh, necessary. Uh, But with all of this fuss, people have forgotten that the Crimean War originally was over a religious reason. Hmm. But you need to think about strategically what the Crimea is to Russia. Uh, Any look at the map there will tell you that that projects out into the Black Sea, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's one of the few spots that the Soviet Union, which was controlled by Russia, but it was a bit bigger than Russia and included many satellites. But the Soviet Union had very limited ability to launch navies from year-round ports. Mm -hmm. Their northern ports up near the Baltics often freeze, and uh, their only other ports are way over on the east uh, near China and Vladivostok. And again, most of those freeze over. But uh, they've long had a naval fleet in in Sebastopol on the Crimean Peninsula. And the Russian Navy is still based there. Mm -hmm. So even though there's an independent country in between now, motherland Russia and and their fleet, (laughs) that's their access. I can see why that would be a problem. Yes, I can. So it's very important to them. (laughs) But there's something else the Soviet Union did when Russia, of course, ruled a larger uh, landmass. And it started with Stalin, but it continued right up till the end of the Soviet Union in the early 90s. They had a a massive plan to socially re-engineer the whole region. And Stalin would round up intellectuals, religious minorities, landowners and and educated people, rounded them up wholesale and shipped them off to Siberia, Mm. most of them never to return. And in all of these regions that Russia was controlling, they then replaced those populations with ethnic Russians. Mm. Uh, I remember going to Latvia only a few weeks after the Russians withdrew and and Latvia gained its independence. And uh, I was startled to find that that little country, I think they were about uh, 
to five or eight million, but somewhere in that region, was 50% Russian, 50% Latvian. Well, now they're they're setting their their future on a uh, democratic basis. One man, one vote. The, the Russian nationals effectively had the ability from the get-go to uh, vote the country back to Russia. Mm-hmm. And so it, it begged some very uh, discriminatory uh, things like denying vote to certain Russians and so on, them not being seen as, as part of the new Latvia. And I know the same thing is happening in uh, Ukraine. There are so many Russians there, and as, as we've discovered in recent days, inordinately clustered on the east and then down on the Crimean Peninsula where there are military bases, that they're almost enough to form their own little sub-country. And while Hitler made much of of the plight of Germans in Poland and Czechoslovakia and so on as an excuse to invasion, we know that that was a pretense. But it's a very real concern of, of Russia at this day, allowing that they are not the Soviet Union, which did this for another reason, still. Ethnic Russians looking to their neighbors and seeing most of them looking like them mm-hmm. and troubled that they might be moving away from Russia culturally and, and uh, geopolitically. Because remember, what developed the problems in modern Ukraine there were uh, the, the new leadership's encouragement to join the European Union. Mm-hmm. And the European Union and therefore membership in NATO would pull it away from from Russian cultural connections. It would make it part of an alliance whose stated aim still is to resist Russian hegemony. (laughs) There's a lot going on. And what I want to throw in here is that there is a religious element even today. Russia is Eastern Orthodox. It's the other half of of the ancient Christian traditions. Uh, that split between the Eastern and Western churches. Constantinople was once the base of Eastern Orthodox. And of course, that's long since fallen to Islam. But the Eastern Orthodox all up through Eastern Europe are a strong Christian tradition that resists Rome. The Roman Catholic Church, which is politically reinstated and, and ascendant in Western Europe, is in some sense the religious guarantor of the European Union. So to pull... The Ukraine toward the European Union is to actually upset the, 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 the religious balance within that part of Europe. So that's the excuse for me to go back and to state what happened in the Crimean War. The Crimean War was directly caused by religious conflict. And the conflict was Turkey, the Turkish Empire, which right. was ascendant then, only really destroyed in World War I, was a major power, and they were mistreating... Christians. It's not unexpected because it was an Islamic regime which Mm -hmm. guarantees subjugated status to all other religions, including Christianity. So they were being mistreated. And uh, the great powers then started jostling as to who would defend the Christians in the Middle East, in uh, Turkey in particular. Russia felt that it was the guarantor of the Eastern Orthodox, and they were largely Eastern Orthodox being... uh, Uh, disadvantaged by Turkey. France, as a uh, premier Catholic power, felt that it should be the guarantor, and it was influenced in this regard by Rome, that, uh, no, you know, they should interject in behalf of the Christians. And uh, Protestant England just got involved because they were part of the European Union, (laughs) if you like, in that day, the European (laughs) Alliance. And so they jostled humorously at first, sending warships hither and yon and shows of force and all the rest. 
And and things like the First World War got out of hand. The alliances started to kick in, and eventually Russia attacked Turkey to prove that they were the uh, the, the the real defender of the faithful. Then uh, England and, and France and a couple of smaller states attacked Russia because they said they have no right to do it. Mm-hmm. This wasn't their bailiwick. Mm-hmm. And the result was a, an, a massive war on the Crimean Peninsula, almost totally. And many, many tens of thousands of men were lost. In fact, a total of half a million soldiers died in the conflict. Oh, my. A good percentage by disease, and, and that's the Florence Nightingale thing. Yeah. It, it typically was a death sentence. If you were wounded at all and put in the hospital, you would die. Oh, my. There was dysentery and infection and so on. It was just uh, chronic. But, you know, for half a million men to die over uh, an important issue, religion, but, but a, uh, you know, a tragic comedy of who would be the defender of the faith, right. Catholics, Protestants, Eastern Orthodox, and it was shown to be, and it's proving again in our time, that this Crimean Peninsula is the coming together of East and West. It's at a pivotal strategic spot. That's why the uh, Russians, of course, based their fleet there. Their Black Sea uh, fleet yeah. is, is based there because it is, it is an important crossroads. And uh, while the Turkish Empire may have come and gone, the bottleneck and the potential for conflict remains in that area, and I don't know what's going to happen. None of us know. But there's good reasons to see that Russia has very legitimate self-interest. There are good reasons to see that underlying what appears to be a purely political conflict, there are religious uh, rivalries and tensions that are playing out old old issues that, that uh, a secular world really would like to ignore but are very real today. Mm. Lincoln, I'm curious, looking at a map, the the Russian Navy is not controlled by Russia. It's controlled by Turkey. If you look at the Bosporus, that's the only exit they have out of the Black Sea. Is Turkey and Russia in, in good stance with each other? And does, that, does Crimea have anything to do with that relationship? There's no problem at the moment, but you're right. That was, again, that was the, conf- yes. the, that was the need for, for Russia to assert itself with Turkey was their antagonist. Yes, Turkey was not up into Russia at that time, but they saw them as a threat. And remember, not too long before that, Turkey had threatened Western Europe itself. The Ottoman Empire was an aggressive, conquering force, and and, uh, so the Christian Europe had battled with it for a long time. But they had never really come to grips with the the Eastern Orthodox viewpoint. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And even today we haven't. The Eastern Orthodox... uh, is a, is, a, is a very distinct form of Christian worship. Rome has had no success in their much-vaunted efforts to bring all Christians together. Mm-hmm. The schism that Rome actually had encouraged by urging the sacking of Constantinople, which was the uh, center of right. Eastern Orthodox right. belief, that schism continues. That schism continues. Mm-hmm. And very tellingly, since the fall of the Berlin Wall and, of course, then the collapse of the Soviet Union, which was characterized in its time by secularism and persecution even of Christians. But since that time, the Eastern Orthodox Church has uh, regained its political power and and it's not restrained from meddling in state affairs. And so uh, the church there is, is using the state to advance its agenda. It doesn't hesitate at all to uh, call on the state to defend the faithful anywhere. So I'm sure that there's, there's an element of that's going in already in the Crimea that the Eastern Orthodox Church would be first among any others to demand of Mother Russia that it defend their, the faith down in this 
peninsula that's stretching down, as you say, toward Turkey. Well, that just proves the importance, listener, of you and I looking at maps, reading a little bit about history. We can see that some of the problems that we are facing in this world, some of the very serious problems, stretched back many, many centuries sometimes. And that they're often religion. Faith drives things. It's not uh, water and food and all these things are all important. But at the end of the day, religious viewpoints, religious conflicts are determinative in the world. Mm-hmm. Our address, www.libertymagazine.org. We invite you to come to that website. You can read articles there. All the articles that appear in the magazine also appear right there on the website for you to read. Absolutely no charge. But you can also subscribe to the magazine, share it with people in your community, and also listen to these programs, blogs. Lincoln Seed has a blog there. Very interesting stuff. Other people write. Leave your comments. We would love to have you part of our Liberty family. That's at libertymagazine.org. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along along with Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today.